0: One, two, three, four. Hey, y'all. This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch and this is episode 17 of season 2. And today, after beautiful weather for the last week or so, it is finally raining, and I hear it's going to rain all week, and then we're going to go down to I think 20s this weekend, and I'm certainly concerned about every little living thing that thought it was spring. I know it's natural, and I need to let go and not be so anxious all the time, but. My peach trees bloomed, and they look so pretty, and they're just so gorgeous, and, well, there's not a lot of hope for those right now. I intend to get out there, probably by Friday, if the rain will permit, and cover them with tarps, put a little Christmas light action underneath there, and hope that that little residual heat will be able to keep those blooms from completely falling off. I'm going to try a little magic. Can't hurt. Everything else is rightly still asleep, and I'm so grateful. (laughs) It was 80 degrees the other day. These fall springs, they'll get us every single time. but sometimes I think they come along just to give us a little hope. And for that, I am grateful. All right, y'all, I'm going to start this week with a few listener stories. Well, and a few questions. I'm going to go ahead and answer right to those. A lot of them have to do with some of the nuts and bolts, and even, I guess, ups and downs and stressors of being a witch and being accepted, and so I thought I'd share with y'all. So y'all, Marie writes in to just tell a wonderful story, and she writes, It truly is good to hear your voice again. I have a story I'd like to share. I was raised in a Catholic and Baptist household. I just want not stop right there and go, oh honey, <laughs> you had it from both ends. It never really felt like home, and questions that I would ask at school, I was just scolded at because it wasn't the Christian way. Anyways, I always had an interest in the craft, been researching since I was in high school, but I'm grown now, married with three children of my own, and over the past two years, I just had this burning to come clean. I mean, we're only going to live this life once, so why not be your authentic self? So, I mustered up the courage to tell my husband, who was Catholic as well, and I cried like a baby. I don't think it was out of fear of telling him, because he truly is a good man, but just out of pure release. And do you know what he said? Baby, I already knew. (laughs) What a relief, right? So, the next week, he brought me home something. Someone was selling an old stand-up jewelry armoire, and he said, I thought of you, and he said, I thought you would like this for your altar. What a beautiful man I found. Later, I opened up to my sister and mother who also had a positive response. My mother even got me candle holders for my altar as well. Now, that is the sweetest story. I told her I would share that because we only hear, I think, too often about the negative stories. And this one is positive. You know, I've known a wonderful lady down in New Orleans uh, who was Wiccan and her husband is Christian, and they just help each other. They pray for each other in their own ways, and they accept their own access to the divine, and I think it's just very special. Any way we can resist any kind of colonization, I think, is a a good start. Don't y'all? So, thank you, Marie, for writing this in. It was a very positive moment and a fairly dark time. And one of our Patreon supporters has written in, her name is Beth, and she says, I do have a question for you. I'm not sure exactly how to phrase it. Long story short, my mom and dad moved to a piece of land in the Ozarks in the 90s. When they were looking for properties, my mom fell in love with the place and knew it was her home. The land felt inviting. I was very lucky to spend my teenage years growing up in the woods. My mother has always had a connection to the land, and my mother is getting older now. And I've noticed that she seems more depressed, maybe even a little bitter. And I thought I felt the land was getting a little sadder too. But I thought I was probably just being overly dramatic or something. Recently, my sister came to visit and she said she felt it too. The land being sad. I feel like my mother's mood feeds off the land mood and the land mood feeds off my mother's mood and everything is just spiraling down. I was hoping that you might have an idea on how to improve the situation. I feel a little bit crazy for even asking, but I thought if anybody would understand such a strong connection, it would be you. And when I wrote her back and I told her I was going to think about it a little bit more was to just start with something small. And that something small is planting flowers. Now, of course, there'll have to be something native and something that your mama can tend to, Beth, without a lot of extra work on her part. I mean, I do understand that she is getting older, but I think sometimes flowers, which is a gift to the land, I think they also work to connect us as humans back to it. So I would definitely start there. I can't remember what I actually suggested outright. I think I suggested summer blooming day lilies, but in your area, you might still get away with pansies if you hurried up, but do something that's magical, a little space, and you can get rocks and do a little semi-crescent around a tree somewhere, anything that will bring back that connection and that pleasure for your mama and for the land. And I also reckon I would ask other questions. Has anything happened recently? Is anyone doing any mining or cutting down of the trees nearby? Any kind of poisoning of the land? Has anything happened in that regard? Because if so, there may need to be a healing ritual of some kind done. And I assume that your mom is not a witch, so you might have to do it yourself. But I do know that when I was fairly sad after I lost a baby, my land wouldn't Well, it just wasn't a um, connection I could feel anymore. And you know, I don't think I ever felt or thought that maybe they were sad for me, the trees and such. I never thought about that before. Look at that. Which is duh. Here I am again learning. Don't you love that? But I do remember planting so many flowers in self-defense. It was something I could do, get my hands in the dirt while i was grieving while i was bleeding her out and it was a horrible time but the land seemed to want to help me on it and before i knew it i had a sanctuary of sorts and i think i was in so much grief that i didn't give it enough thought at the time but looking back on it and so thankful for your email because it's really making me think it through i needed to be healed by making that connection with the land and and honey i know winters aren't fun especially where you are. So grab up a bunch of bulbs. I mean, right now you could still get away with it. I know they say to do it in fall, but you can get away with it. Get you some native roses, something that your mom can enjoy, but also will give something back to the land and bring her out more. See, if she's got those flowers to tend to, and maybe if y'all could get her a little stool or a bench, Maybe paint it a beautiful color, her favorite color, put her name on it, and put it right there in the trees wherever her little garden's gonna be. That could go a long way toward driving that connection back. Now, again, if it's something that the land needs healing over, write back to me and we'll try to figure that out. But I would really start here. Sometimes it's the simplest things that actually work to bring back something like a connection. All right? Y'all, I'm just podcasting right along. Forgot to turn my phone off and my girl Cresta just popped an I love you at me. (laughs) She was a follower of the blog and also the podcast when I originally started and we've just become friends. It's so nice though. You know, it's like she knows I'm podcasting. Okay, let's keep going. Who's next? All right. I have a young listener. Looks like we're about 18 years old. And the name is Noah, he, him pronouns. Thank you for providing those. I need to shout those out a little bit more. And he writes to me, and I'm so honored because anytime a young witch is trying to struggle through some of the hardships of disconnection with their family, I feel very well empathetic toward that because I've gone through it myself. And Noah writes, hey there, Seba. I'm so glad to see you back podcasting. You've been one of my biggest comforts the past two years, and I'm happy to see you at it again. I've written to you once before, but I'm Noah, he, him, and I'm a witch from Tennessee. I'm a bit of a youngin' at the ripe old age of 18, but where I need some wisdom is towards my mama, of whom I haven't had a talking relationship with since December. She's 50, well about to be. She's pretty young. But in my blood family, we all seem to leave this plane of existence around that time. Since me and my mother haven't been speaking on the account of some of the awful things she's done to me throughout my childhood, I've been thinking a lot about her mortality, about how little time she may have left. Although she hurts me so much, I still love and miss her. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? I don't know whether I should stay out of contact with her or if I should reach back out while there's still time even if our relationship hasn't been the best. I hope you have some wise words. Love you and your podcast. Oh boy. Okay. I wrote back to Noah and let him know just how in his position I actually am. I want to start Noah with saying, honey, bat child, it is critical that you not just listen to me. Okay. I can give you some ideas and I can give you some advice. I don't know as closely connected as I am to a very similar situation if I'm the right one to give advice. You see, it might be that I can't see the forest for the trees, but I will attempt to. But please do get some kind of help from somebody else. I have to tell you, honey, I am a big fan of therapy. Big fan. And with all of the options to do it online and some of them being fairly affordable here and there. Even one session might help you work this one out. With that being stated, and knowing I'm not a therapist, I haven't heard my mother's voice since 2014. And I'm 56, about to be, my birthday is on April 4th, and haven't spoken to her in all these years Now, it's really hard to determine if that's my decision or hers, because she wrote to me back in 14 and made a lot of uh, very hurtful accusations that were not actually true. I think she was way more upset about my religion or spirituality than the other silly stuff she was writing about. And she closed the door on me. But that was probably the, I don't know, sixth, seventh, eighth time she's ever done that in my entire life. She did it even to me when I was a kid. It was a very unhealthy, very toxic relationship. And I always was the black sheep, you know, Cinderella. (laughs) And then all the others were angels, regardless of what they actually did. Let's get out of that a little bit and get to the meat of it. It was just the last time I could take it. And my childhood was also just pretty horrific. I don't know that I'm ready or if I ever will be to go through some of those details on the air. It seems pretty private. and Well, the details of it are pretty shocking at points, and I don't think I want to put that out there. But suffice it to say that all of my life I have grappled with my identity and loving myself and accepting myself because of the way I was raised. So when she closed that door for the whatever upteenth time on me, something she's done so often before, she also closed it on my children. And now when she had done that before to the kids and living so far away, they didn't notice that much. And it was always resolved by Christmas. Um, Maybe they'd miss a birthday, maybe six months, maybe even a year, but... They were younger. They were more resilient. This last time that she did it, I was going through losing my job, and um, I had just lost a baby. It was a very crippling time for her to pull a stunt like that. But my children that were home anyway, they didn't understand. They had gotten older. They were teenagers. And, well, one of them was a full-grown adult, the other one was about to be. And it hurt a little bit deeper than normal. All the other times I thought, well, it's just me, you know, this time it was my son's. And although I'm sure she would argue this point, they didn't get any phone calls. They didn't get any Facebook texts. They got nothing. And in addition, you know, being the age that they were, I don't think they were very accepting of the way I was being treated. I've always been a good mama to them. And it was sort of a horror show for them that their mom was heartbroken like that. You know, there's some things you just can't pull when the kids get older. And they haven't forgiven her. Neither one. No, I'm sorry. I'm deep into the wells of my own abyss. Let me pull out a little bit. And so fast forward to 2020, or rather 2021. A grandbaby was born from my baby son. And she was quite the miracle. We did not expect her. And <laughs> we um, were sincerely shocked uh, during the pandemic. But she was a blessing, and, you know, it just felt like such a pull on me. You're talking about how you feel like your mother's getting older, and you still love and miss her. And I wish I could tell you that that would go away in time, but it does not, and it doesn't go away with age. And so I reached out. I wrote her, and I said, we can't talk, but here's a picture of me and the baby and the kids and hope all is well with you. And she wrote back very succinctly and said the pictures are nice and that was it. I haven't really had the heart to write again. I just wanted her to know that I missed her and that I loved her and I wanted some small connection without being re-traumatized. Because when someone will not admit that they have done things to you, when they will not be honest about their participation in something with you and take that responsibility, it's really hard to have the relationship. Now, I'm not talking about not forgiving your mama. That's a different animal entirely. Believe it or not, you can do that. But having the relationship is difficult, isn't it? And since I don't know your circumstances, and since I don't know if it's about the craft or anything else, I would just say, if you think she's open to a simple email or a letter in which you just tell her what's going on in your life, maybe not digging into the past or going through the traumatic events, Or giving blame or reminding her how wrong she is. How about just a note? A sweet note that says, I love you, I miss you, this is what's going on. I hope everything's okay with you. It could either open a line of communication or ease some of that pain in your heart. And hopefully, and I do hope this, you can have a relationship with her again at some point. Boundaries are difficult when it's family, aren't they, honey? Ugh. It's easy with friends, (laughs) but Well, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's easier. With family, it's downright painful, especially when you're mama. I mean, that's a person who's been creating boundaries for you since you were born, and then you rise up with your own, and sometimes they don't respect that. Anyway, go ahead and do that, and do a little healing on yourself. Write back to me, and I'll give you a nice little ritual to do some self-healing and release, but it sounds like to me, You might want to say hi to your mom, as long as the trauma wasn't too painful. Don't forget what I said about therapy. Because, Noah, sometimes we need a little help to heal. Don't forget to tell yourself that you love yourself. And don't forget to tell yourself that you are a good person. Don't let those negative reflections from your childhood, don't let them take you down work and fight on them and grow something beautiful in your own heart, okay? Well, let's end on a happy note, because anything about animals is a happy note. Well, most of the time. Now, I had a favorite podcast follower, and I still do, and his name is Merlin, and he is the most beautiful black male cat you've ever seen in your whole life. I mean, I reckon unless you've got a black male cat, then that's probably the most beautiful black cat in the world. But Merlin is very important to me. I talked about him several episodes back. And according to his mama, Pamela, or his witch, depending on how you all look at this, he likes to sit and listen to my podcast and will sit there rapt and purr and act like he is being talked to. And apparently I'm the only podcast he'll listen to. So hey, Merlin. Love you, boo-boo. So she writes in to me and says, Happy spring to you and yours. Could you please speak on the topic of familiars? how they come into our lives and practices. I am really interested to hear your thoughts on this topic. As always, Merlin and I love this week's podcast about wilding. I drive my neighbors nuts with my style of gardening right up until I harvest all the goodness. Please feel free to use anything in this email. Love and Light from the North, Pamela and Merlin. Well, this is a fun topic. The simple answer to this question is Familiars are psychically connected with their witch. That's nice and clean, isn't it? And that can mean a lot of things. Sometimes witches will call for them. You know, they're just wishing for a familiar and one will arrive. And sometimes they go looking for them. That's a little bit harder. I'll warn you right now. Because usually (laughs) a familiar will find you that's not always the case but it can happen i've also seen where a familiar has died i'm speaking to my own experience because once upon a time i had a black male cat too his name was elvis and he would wrap his legs around me like a monkey nobody could get over it and literally hug me he loved to give hugs wrap his arms around your neck too and He'd give little kisses, and sometimes he would give such rough kisses that he would leave a hickey, and you have to explain that to folks. So, (laughs) he was my boo. He only made it to eight, which is still heartbreaking all these years later for me. He had kidney failure. We tried everything. I spent way too much time and money when he wanted to leave the building, and eventually Elvis did. And I thought I was never going to get another familia. At the time, I already had a little pretty black kitty. She was outside. She's one of those that has that medium fluffy hair. Real, real fluffy, but medium. So it wasn't long. Wasn't really short. Pretty green eyes. And I'd gotten her when she was maybe 12 weeks old. And she liked living outside. I know a lot of folks have ideas about this and how wrong it is. But I will say this about my tituba. And that is my current familia. And yes, look up that word. Kind of an interesting history At the time, she just was a familiar in training, and I didn't realize that animals could do that, but they do. They're smart, they're magical, they know what's up. When I rescued her, I think Elvis was already beginning to go through the throes of uh, kidney failure. He was getting dehydrated, we were giving him subdermal fluids, and we rocked on like that for a very long time. Because I couldn't stand to let him go. It's not a good look. And Tichaba was going to be put to death, and I'd saved her, but I had too many cats in the house at the time. You know, and the others were cats, you know, other than Elvis. I had one named Sappho, and I loved her. She was getting really old, and she was quite the bitch, y'all, but I loved her anyway. There's something about a good bitch that just makes you want to love them. And I had this orange tabby that just caused me so much shit. He hated my guts. But these cats were already in the house, and I could not add another, and I wanted to save her. So I said, barn cat, right? Farm cat. And I brought her home. She does not hunt. I don't know why. She doesn't take down the bird. She doesn't grab lizards. She just doesn't hunt. I guess I keep her too fat. She will scare off wild rabbits from my strawberry bed, but I haven't ever seen her with anybody in her teeth. And she spent all those years just being this wonderful outside cat, coming in every night to the porch, loving everybody who ever wanted to sit out there around a fire at night. Just a beautiful girl. And I thought she was beautiful, and I thought she was sweet, but I didn't connect with her on a deep level. You know, like you do most cats. You love them. (laughs) They don't necessarily love you back. And even if they do, you can't hardly hear them. Well, at least me. So Elvis passed away. It was a horrible death. It was deep in the winter by fire. And my partner was holding him. And in his death throes, he tried to jump out of my partner's arms and get to me. And I was standing in front of him bawling like a baby. And he died mid-jump and let out this horrible howl for me. And I knew what it was. Oh, gosh, I'm getting emotional. I know I can get through this. Sorry, (laughs) old woman, cry about anything. I knew he didn't want to leave me. He had been my familiar. I could hear him talk. I could hear him think. When I needed to make an important decision, he would always look at me and I would suddenly know exactly what I needed to do. When I would light candles on my altar, he would come out there and jump. And he was part of it. From reading my tarot cards to... The smallest of spells, Elvis was always in the building. And so that horrible howl he let out, right at the moment of his death, looking me dead in the eyes, with his arms reached out to me, I heard what he was saying. Now, only witches will believe me. But he was terrified that I wouldn't be okay. And right after he died, pretty much a lot of things fell apart. And there was a lot of pain and at first, I didn't notice Tichiba following me around everywhere I walked. At first, I didn't notice that she was looking me dead in the eye and batting at my heels, trying to get me to talk to her. I was in so much pain and so much grief. You know how selfish we can be when we're like that. Not really selfish, but broken. Where it's like, here's your food. Leave me the hell alone. You know? If you've ever lost anything, you know what I'm talking about. Seems like it ought to work the other way around, but it doesn't. And I would light candles on my outside altar, and she'd jump up there, and she'd never done it before. And I still didn't notice. And One day, I was holding Elvis's ashes in my hands and spreading a little bit out here on the land, and she walked up right in the middle of where I threw it in my grief. I still have most of them, but I just wanted him to be outside one time. And she walked right into his ashes and looked up at me and let out one of those howls the one that he had let out but this time it was different (laughs) it wasn't fear that I wasn't going to be okay it kind of translated to hey you dumb bitch (laughs) I am trying so hard to serve you would you please let me in and so I picked her up and sat in his ashes with her and we cried a little while and from that moment I knew Some of these things are so magical, it's hard to give a recipe for, you know, or a road map. You just know. They're trusted confidants. They help with your magic, but they help to guide you as well. It's like having a sidekick. And they're not always cats. I have a funny story. I don't know if I've told y'all before, but let me end with this. I'd moved to Georgia just for a year, right after I graduated with my doctorate, to be an assistant professor over there. And let me tell you, you think racism is around here. My lands, that place, is the land time for God, especially where I went. And I was lonely. I was very lonely. I had my two young kids with me, and I wasn't practicing my magic. Well, not really. I didn't have an altar up. I wasn't even communing with my great mother. I'm a goddess worshiper, y'all. And I understand God to be a great, big, wonderful mama. And I didn't have anything up for her, and I, you know, I lost connection with myself a lot by not doing so. I didn't have any community. I'd always been a private witch anyway, but I literally had none, not when I got there. And I'm not big on events that I don't know anybody at, worried about being outed, that kind of thing, when you're a professor. Which, you know, later on I learned I should have been worried. Anyhow, I was just not connected to anything kindly was falling apart that year i got shingles what the hell for the very first time anxiety disorder popped up in me i'd never noticed it like that before i'm sure i've always had it but i had never almost passed out from it never had tunnel vision never gotten aware i couldn't walk and it just got worse and worse and worse And every night I'd sit out there on that front porch and I'd have a glass of wine and this little toad would pop up right underneath where I'd gone ahead and planted my grandma's amaryllis when we moved there. He'd pop up from a little hole down there, come sit by my foot and look at me. And one night I got brave and kind of petted the side of his head and he leaned into it. And I petted the other side of his head and he leaned, he closed his eyes, y'all, like a dog or a cat and leaned into my stroke, and it was a lot of fun. One night, I was sitting there. He was sitting by my foot. We were just watching the sunset together, me and my toad, and I said out loud, I need to get my magic back. I need to get it back. I need connection again, and I'm in a foreign land, you know, in a foreign place. I need a familiar, because I wasn't paying attention So, he hopped off to his little nighttime bed, and I went on in the house and went to bed, too. Anyhow, I woke up the next morning and had to get my kids to school and get my ass to work, and it was raining. had rained all night, and I opened up the front door, and at first I could not fathom what I was seeing because the ground didn't look right. The grass didn't look right. It was lumpy, and it was lumpy because... There were thousands, thousands of frogs all over the lawn. Now, at first, this just sounds like Armageddon. I mean, it looked like they had fallen from the sky. I could not take a step toward my van, y'all. I could not even get my kids in the car because when we tried to walk, we accidentally squished them. They were everywhere. They were all over my front yard. They were all over my backyard. They were all over the patio. They were all over the van. There was um nothing across the street. Nothing on my neighbor's house. Now, we had a little low area out back, and it had gotten really swamped by all this rain. And I had a couple of people try to explain this away, but I'll never forget it. I had to call in. I couldn't figure out a way to get to the car. Y'all, I'm just not made of that. I cannot kill that many living beings on the way to a vehicle. So we took the day off. We took a sick day. And the sun came out and dried everything up. And when I woke up the next morning, there was only one or two. That night when I sat back down, my toad came back out. I lit a candle. And I said, all right, it's about too classic for me, a witch with a toad familiar. But I get it. Sometimes they come to you. And sometimes they change. It depends on what you need. It depends on where you're at as a witch in your craft. They can warn you of trouble. They can be your companion when you're sad. They can give you answers, help you with your readings. But overall, I always have felt that a witch does need a familiar. And Merlin, since you're listening, you're being such a good familiar to your mama. Keep up the good work, honey. And finally, I don't know how long or how much I can speak to on this, y'all, but the situation in Ukraine. This is not a political podcast, but I do feel that, you know, if you have a platform, well, you got to use it somehow. I'm doing what I can, which right now I know we all, well, if you're like me, feel pretty helpless. I find myself crying about it, sometimes just walking around in the yard. Very hard to keep on moving while so many people are done. Fighting for just the right to live and die on their own terms in their own homes. And so I have a special candle I light for the Ukraine. And I've joined in a few witch efforts because the more we can join together, I think the more effective it can be. But if you're like me, and this is very difficult for you to keep on moving your feet, And you feel helpless? Well, two things I've thought. One, do what you can, support where you can, give where you can, join other witches where you can, or light a candle, whatever you have the opportunity to do to send your energy to make this killing stop. But secondly, do not feel guilty if you are looking at a beautiful flower, planting your spring garden, loving on your grandbaby, petting your familiar. Or having a cup of tea with your favorite witch. Because do it in honor of them. Do it for those that can't. Personally, I've gone and bought way too many sunflowers these this year. More than I can even imagine I'll be able to plant out here. And so I plan to throw a whole lot in the field. And a whole lot in the wood line along the roads. I've charged them with one duty. And that is to look after the Ukraine. To send our love and our energy as far as they can. Sunflowers always keep their face turned toward the sun, so maybe that message will make it. And as we talked about Wildon last week, y'all, if you know of a field somewhere, I think it's called gorilla gardening? Well, get you a pack sunflower seeds and spread that, love. Everywhere hope pops up, there's still a chance of something getting better. All right, y'all, that's about enough today. I do need to do some shout-outs. We have new supporters over on Patreon. And those wonderful people that are helping me keep the lights on are Angela June, Samantha, Rachel Furman, Erin Eggenberg, and Webb. Thank y'all. We're having a lot of fun over there, y'all. And there are $2 and $5 supporter levels you can do. I post a lot of stuff over there I don't do anywhere else because it feels more private. So. If you want to join us, y'all come on. We'll be happy to have you over there. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.